Welcome back to Headline Monday. This is the Stuttering Sports Podcast, and I'm your host, Spencer. And today, we had a very eventful Sunday afternoon and Sunday night, actually. I think all games, like there were, like there were not that many bad games yesterday. And starting off this episode, I'd like to talk about the Raiders versus the Jets. The Raiders beat the Jets, advancing to 7-5, 31-28. But the real story of this game was the Jets almost won. The Jets had them down. The Jets had them down. And I just want to talk about that last play specifically. It's like the rest of the game, I really don't care that much about. But that last play where Henry Ruggs scored the game-winning touchdown, Greg Williams, the Jets defensive coordinator, called an all-out blitz, and why would you do that? I get hindsight's 2020, so if it works out, you're probably called a genius for flustering Derek Carr. But, but to my, but to my gripe is when Derek Carr is, has already thrown for over 300 yards and two touchdowns that game. And he has Henry Ruggs, one of the fastest receivers in the league. How are you relying solely off man defense when your defense isn't? Oh, I'm excuse me, when your pass defense is is playing poorly anyway. You you don't put a safety near Henry Ruggs. You rely on man to man when your pass defense is already playing poorly. That was something I found very interesting. Apparently, uh, the Jet safety Marcus May, very, very good young safety, also found that very interesting. I personally just did not understand it, but the Raiders advanced to 7-5. and five. The Jets <laughs> and the Jets advanced to 12-0. The, um, yep, the tank for Trevor is happening. I don't think that that was designed for them to lose. I think the people that are saying that are pretty stupid. Um, those like conspiracy theorists that are stupid. But yeah, tank for Trevor's happening. That that Greg Williams call. Dan Orvalowski, the ESPN uh, get up. I mean, he's he's one of the analysis for the NFL on ESPN, ex-quarterback in the NFL. He pointed out a very cool thing on Twitter that when uh, Greg Williams was the defensive coordinator for the Browns and they were in kind of the same situation versus the Broncos, he did call an all-out blitz, then it did work. So, you know, it can work, but when you're playing a receiver like Henry Ruggs, then when your passing game's all, I mean, excuse me, when your passing defense is already doing poorly, I personally don't think that that's the right call, but I mean, hey, you know, they flustered Derek Carr. That was a fantastic throw by Derek Carr. You have to give him all the credit in the world for that. That was just awesome. As the Raiders, I believe they still sit outside of the playoffs. I don't think they're in it yet. I'm trying to pull it up now, but fuck me, I guess. But yeah, the Raiders 7-5, Jets 0-12. Jets are shooting for that number one pick. Moving on to the Houston Texas versus the Indianapolis Colts. I just want to talk about Deshaun Watson for a minute because Deshaun Watson is having one of the best seasons this year. He is very quietly having an MVP type season. It's just a shame that he's on the Texans and he cannot show it at all. But but unfortunately, this game, when the Texans were driving down by six, they were inside the Colts 10. I do believe Deshaun Watson did muffle the snap and then and then 
it turned out to be a forced fumble Colts ball game over. That was extraordinarily unfortunate. I really, really, really like Deshaun. I really, really like Deshaun Watson. I don't like the situation that he is in. And if they would have advanced to five and seven, they're on a little hot. They would be on a little hot streak right now. Then who knows from there? But Deshaun Watson and the Texans did lose in that last minute blunder. But Deshaun Watson's having a phenomenal season. And the Colts really. I was really not too impressed with what I saw from them. I mean, tell me, Jonathan Taylor had a great game. Phillip Rivers had a pretty good game. But 26 against the Texans defense, hey, a win's a win. Win's a win. That's all that matters. Moving on to probably the biggest upset of the week. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Without a doubt, the biggest upset of the week. The Colt McCoy-led Giants took down the Seattle Seahawks this week 17 to 12 and really a fantastic defensive showing as the Giants extend their lead in the NFC East and they advance to five and seven and they're on a four game winning streak and 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 they had the backup QB in this Giants defense is playing very very well over the three of the last four wins actually I'm looking at their schedule now they've played in a bunch of close games damn so, I mean, hell, even dating back to the game that Dak got hurt, they only lost by three. They only lost to the Eagles by one. They almost, I'm like, they only lost to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on prime time by two. Then, you know, they beat Washington. They beat Philly. They beat Cincy. All right. They, they held those three teams to 20 or less. I, I, I could see those being fluke games. Yeah, you beat three of the worst teams in the NFL. But then the Giants defense forced two turnovers against Russell Wilson and the Seahawks. They had a phenomenal game. They didn't allow DK a single touchdown. Tyler Lockett actually had a fine game for Tyler Lockett standards. But holding the Seahawks to 12 points and scoring 17 second half points, that's something that, that is something that I got to give a lot of credit to, to Joe Judge for. He's doing a fantastic job. I remember when they hired Joe Judge, I didn't really get it. I was like, all right, uh, yeah, the Patriots had a great special teams, but this is a head coaching job we're talking about. And I didn't really have much information on Joe Judge, so I didn't really want to judge when it happened, no pun intended. But yeah, he's done a phenomenal job. The fact that they can do this without Daniel Jones is honestly great. Wayne Gallman, 8.4 yards per carry. Alfred Morris, 4.9 yards per carry. This 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 Giants defense is looking good. They they look good. I do. I'm excited to watch more Giants football, which is something I never say because I want to learn more about their defense. And <laughs> well, in the next four games, they play the Cardinals, the Browns, the Ravens, then the Cowboys. That's that's a pretty hard schedule for a team like the Giants. So hopefully, do I think they have this NFC East? As of right now, they're on a four-game winning streak. They just shut down Russell Wilson. I think they do. As of right now, I think they are the team that I think will take the NFC East. I will say, though, we have not seen Washington play against Pittsburgh yet. And Washington has a great defense, so we got to see what happens there. But, I mean, as of right now... I think the Giants have this NFC East, and if they can continue this little run, I don't think they beat the Cardinals. 
The Browns, maybe. It depends how Baker plays. We'll get to that soon. The Ravens, maybe. Cowboys, maybe. If if they can win two of the next four games, which will be a challenge, they, I'm like, they're in. Without a doubt, they're in. Without a doubt in my mind. So, I do wish the Giants the best of luck. I think their defense is playing phenomenal. I think their defensive play calling is great. I think Joe Judge is doing a phenomenal job. Let's talk about Seattle, though. Is this concerning for Seattle? You're, you're, you're damn right it is. Russell Wilson, uh, this this season, he's had a rough season with turnovers. He's he's not in the same league as Mahomes and Rodgers anymore. I think this game bumped him down one tier to like the Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson, which is still not an insult to him. He's a great quarterback, but he's not Mahomes or Rodgers right now. He, like Russell Wilson... Seattle, they are currently eight and four. They are currently in the playoffs. So I mean, hell. I mean, like you're in the fifth seed, you're doing pretty good. But 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 they do not lead the division anymore as the Rams now do, which we'll also talk about that later. Yeah, Seattle's lost two of the last four. Shit, two I mean, three of the last five they've lost. Very, very interesting. Then the two wins are only by one possession. Seattle is in a very, very w- weird, weird spot right now. And as I think they'll still make the playoffs because they're eight and for it. And I still do believe in Russell fucking Wilson, obviously. But hey, they're in a weird spot. And the Giants, they they are looking like they're gonna be a playoff team. Let's move on though to the next subject. The Cleveland Browns and Baker Mayfield went out against the titans and just started murdering them it was really just unfair (laughs) they were up 38 to 7 at halftime like that was the game that was on in my area and like there was no fox game because i live in the washington carolina region and um well this was the only game i could watch on tv and it was 38 to 7 in the first half i did not want to watch it but baker mayfield like this is what happens when Baker Mayfield has a great game this is what can happen we saw it against the Bengals but then but then it was sad because directly after the Bengals well the Browns scored six points against the Raiders 10 against the Texans 22 against the Eagles 27 against Jacksonville damn dude they really steadily climbed back up to 41 the Browns are seemingly a lock for the playoffs. They are currently sitting at 9-3. and three. I have not been giving them a lot of respect this this season because I didn't really know how it was going to work with a, with a limited passing game, but I got to give credit where credit is due. It's working. Stefanski's doing a phenomenal job. And where Baker, if Baker plays phenomenal, then, then they're a team that is going to be really, really hard to beat. Then if... If Baker plays great, then they're in the same league as the Saints, Chiefs, and Steelers. I truly believe that because the Browns' defense is very good. They held Derrick Henry. Yes, they they did it. Like they did the thing. And I mean, like their offense, their rushing game is ob- is fucking obviously incredible. It's just the passing game at times that can be sketchy. The Browns and Baker Mayfield. As of right now, I may have some recency bias, but I'm still trying to be realistic when I say this. The the Browns should definitely hold on to Baker for the next year or two and see if he can just play like this just a little bit more often. 
or to potentially find like a middle ground where he's playing so efficiently because when he was throwing the ball, he looked really good yesterday. He looked great. They didn't even have to rely to their rushing game at all. They still ran the ball 32 times though, but 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 it was definitely the passing game that 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 stole the show and that does not happen very often for the Cleveland Browns. They have seemingly clinched a playoff berth. They're 9 and 3 sitting at 5th in the AFC. And I mean Pittsburgh has a hard schedule coming up. Maybe if the Browns if the Browns can win out, Pittsburgh has Buffalo, Indianapolis, Washington, uh, and the Browns, so if, so if the Browns win out, including a win over the Steelers, they could potentially take that AFC North. They could. I say Pittsburgh loses to Buffalo and then the Colts, which are two very, which are two very realistic losses. Then it could come down to to Week 17, and I'm all for it. I'm well, actually, being a Steelers fan, I'm not all for it. But from a football fan perspective. I'd love to see the Browns versus Steelers week 17 for the division. That sounds awesome. That sounds like a fun time. But now let's 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 move to the Titans. Down 38 to 7 at halftime. They did only lose 41 to 35. Were they garbage time points sometimes? Yeah, they scored a super late touchdown with like a with like a minute left or something like that. But I mean, you can't knock them for trying. Like you can't knock that one bit. What happened to the Titans in this game was was their first possession. They were already down three to zero. Their first possession, though, they started driving. They're on the Browns, I think, 45-40. Then at fourth and one, they handed it to they handed it to Derrick Henry, and he got stopped. He got stopped of one yard. Then the Browns got the ball. They went down 10-0. Then the next possession. All right, well, let's get it going, guys. Let's get it going. What what happened the first play of that possession was Derrick Henry fumbled it. Like the moment he got the snap, he fumbled it. And then the Browns scored again. Then it's 17 to 0. And it's like, well shit, this is <laughs> and <laughs> and then they punted it. And then they scored again. And then the moment the Titans score, the Browns score the very next play. So the Browns were just on their neck the entire time. This was just a showing of the Titans defense really not playing well at all. After two weeks where they played really well against Baltimore and the Colts. So, I mean, this can happen to the Titans defense. The Titans don't have a great defense, but Baker also had a great game. So, I'm not going to knock what happened at all. Baker had a great game. So, the Titans, though, I mean, they they had offensive struggles through Derrick Henry, which is something I thought I'd never say in the month of December. But, you know, they have a good bounce-back game versus the Jaguars, then the Lions, then they have tough ones against the Packers and the Texans. The Titans, they're they're in a good spot. I'm like, they're in the playoffs right now. And they're leading the division as long as they can just keep up with the Colts. Just don't let the Colts win more than you. And boom, you're in the divisional. (laughs) That's all. That's that. That's quite simply that. Moving on to the Green Bay Packers versus the Philadelphia Eagles, where Carson Wentz in the third quarter, he he got benched. He got benched. 6 of 15, 79 yards. They were down um, at halftime. They were down 14 to 3. I don't know if this happened prior to Green Bay scoring, but they were down 
by double digits and Carson Wentz they 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 canned him for Jalen Hurts and Jalen Hurts his first play had a pretty good deep bomb to Jalen Rager I didn't watch much of this I must admit but 5 of 12 109 one TD one interception do I think this is the direction that the that do I think that this is the direction that Philly should go no, I don't. Th- Actually, I do think that this is the direction that Philly should go. Here they are, sitting at three, eight, and one. Listen, you're not making the fucking playoffs. Washington's a better team than you. The Giants are a better team with. The Giants are a better team than you. Jalen Hurts is your only opportunity at a future. Carson Wentz, he's simply there. He's there. He's not very good. He just needs some time off. I definitely think they should hand the baton to to Hertz because what's happening with Wentz? Nothing's happening with Wentz. It's not working. Six for 15, 79 yards, the most turnovers in the NFL, the most times sacked in the NFL. This Philly team needs an overhaul. Now, I don't know what you do with Carson Wentz because no one's taking on that salary. And well, you can't really cut them because then that's just a bunch of dead salary. Like, unless Jalen Hurts starts popping off, then, well, I could kind of see it, but I don't think that's going to happen. The Eagles are currently in a tough spot because they have a, or at least, or at least on the offensive side, they're in a tough spot because they don't have a number one receiver. They don't utilize Miles Sanders right, and they don't really have a quarterback, and, well, they don't have an O-line. So I think you just need a, I, I personally think you need an an overhaul. I think you need to fire the head coach. I think you need to get someone else in there because Doug Peterson, I mean, he had he had the Super Bowl win. That was a great win. I give credit to that. But beyond that, you're sitting at three, eight, and one. Uh, the Eagles have dealt with a bunch of injuries, but here they are, four game losing streak. Four game losing streaks. They they have lost six of the last eight. This is not pretty. This is not pretty. I think I I I don't know what they should do. Obviously, you don't just ride it out with Doug Peterson and Carson Wentz for another season because that's a disaster waiting to happen. I think something new needs to happen. Maybe Lincoln Riley. That's an idea that just popped into my head because Jalen Hurts was at Oklahoma last year. Do I think that's possible? No, but that, I mean, it's, it, I, I mean, I guess it could happen with Jalen Hurts, but yeah, Carson Wentz was benched this week. This is obviously Doug Peterson, I think, trying to save his job. Hope, just, I think he's hoping that Jalen Hurts pops off so he can be like, hey, remember that second round pick that we like play like three snaps a game? Hey, well, guess what? He's pretty good. Yeah, I think it's a desperation thing for Doug Peterson. Carson Wentz benched for Jalen Hurts. The Eagles have a great pass rush. They have a pretty good front seven, especially that front four is very good. But but here they sit at three, eight, and one. Their secondary average in their offenses is currently putrid. So very interesting spot to be in if you are the Eagles GM or their owner. Moving on to the Rams. 
beating the Cardinals 38 to 28. The Rams eat. The Rams scored 21 fourth quarter points as Jared Goff 37 for 47, 351, one touchdown. I think it's clear that Cam Akers must have emerged as the number one running back. 21 carries opposed to Daryl Henderson's three and Malcolm Brown's three. And then receiving wise, you got Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, Van Jefferson, and Josh Reynolds. They have a really weird situation. I want to make a YouTube video on their situation. Like whenever the hell I can start doing that, I'll, I'm going to try to do that, but... Uh, I digress. But yeah, they have a really weird offensive situation because they have so many options. They have so many options. But here the Rams sit winning three of the last four. They bounced back against the 49ers. And what I say after the 49ers game, you have to force turnovers to beat the Rams because their defense is good enough to stop you and force turnovers but their offense is also good enough to put up some points when they need to all off of those turnovers and then the cardinals it's evident they did not force those turnovers they forced one turnover but the rams only punted the ball one time one time they went nine for 15 on third down efficiency oh my god they murdered him then Kyler Murray on the opposing side threw just over 50%, 173, three touchdowns and one pick. Kenyon Drake had a fine game. And it's just, the Cardinals are now outside of the playoff race. They are now sitting at the eight seed with the Vikings as the seventh seed after they just won the nail biter against Jacksonville. The Cardinals sit at six and six. And I must say, I was very high on this team for a long time. They have now lost three straight, and they were one Hail Mary away from losing four straight. So here they are to, to, to finish the season off. They play the Giants, the Eagles, the Niners, the Rams. Giants winnable. It, it is definitely winnable, but but as we just saw, it's going to be a challenge. It's It will be tough to beat this team. Philly, that's a win. Niners, I mean shit we just we i mean we just saw them beat the rams then and the niners they're not done they have a fantastic defense than the rams again can they make the playoffs i i don't know it's gonna be really fucking close it depends what the vikings do like it's gonna be really really close because i was very very high on this cardinals team and here we are and it's just like shit what happened like now you've lost three straight and you haven't put up 30 in any of those games. You haven't put up 30. At the highest one was 28. Here, here the Cardinals sit. Now, am I concerned about this team for the future? Fuck no. Kyler Murray's still great. Cliff Kingsbury is in his second year. And they have DeAndre Hopkins locked up. So I'm not concerned for them long term, but this season I'm definitely concerned. They said at six and six, they were six and three. I was very high on this team. And now here we sit. So yeah, the Cardinals, it's 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 simply not looking like they're gonna do much even if they make the playoffs. Do I think they'll squeak into the seventh seed? If I had to bet on it, yes, because the Vikings sit at that seventh seed. But that's the only real movement I think you're seeing from from the NFC playoffs from here on out. That's the only real movement to me. 
What does this mean for the Rams? What does this mean for the Rams? They currently lead the division and Sean McVay is doing the best that he possibly can with a very strange offense. But you gotta give credit where credit is due. The Rams have a fantastic defense, but the offense is simply working. When they do not turn the ball over, they're very good. They're very, very good. We saw it against the Dolphins. They turned it over a bunch, and then they lost. We saw it against the Niners. They turned the ball over a bunch, and they lost. Who do they play to finish out this season? Patriots can force turnovers. Jets, they don't have a defense. Seattle. The, Seattle's an interesting case. We'll have to see when we get there. The Cardinals, we 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 literally just saw them not force turnovers. The Rams are in a good spot to finish out this season. They're in the driver's seat of the NFC West. They, I must say, though, they do not have a game lead over Seattle. But, but, that, but, but that loss to the Giants was huge for the Rams as they sit as the three seed. And honestly, they could finish out the season there. They are at eight and four. Sean McVay's never lost against the Cardinals. And they look good. You got to give credit. You just, just, Please, Jared Goff, don't play sloppy. That's all it takes. That is all this takes. I know that's a very blanket statement, but just don't play sloppy. Moving on to two final games. We'll talk about some NBA news and I'll get the hell out of here. The Patriots, 45-0. to zero. Now, I want to preface this with I was an idiot. I started Justin Herbert in fantasy this week and... I didn't even think about how, oh, it's Bill Belichick versus a rookie quarterback. And, well, we saw exactly what happens when Bill Belichick plays a rookie quarterback. 45-0. to zero. That is utterly disgusting. E- even Jared Stidham got a touchdown. I love that Cam Newton, or just the Patriots team in total, can throw the ball for 130 yards and they can score 45 points. I personally love that. I know they got a special teams touchdown. They got a defensive touchdown, but I just love that that can happen, that the Patriots can just simply do that. Like, dude, I'm sorry. I love this Patriots team. I didn't love them last year, but now that they're winning games with Cam Newton and seemingly no offense, I love it. It's fucking cool. But yeah, Two turnovers for the Chargers, two specifically two interceptions for Justin Herbert. Am I concerned about the Chargers and Justin Herbert moving forward long term? Fuck no. I'm not concerned about Justin Herbert moving forward. Dude, he he has looked very, very good all season. And now here we sit. He has one bad game. I'm not concerned about him one bit. I think this is definitely more of the Patriots just being the Patriots than Justin Herbert simply not doing good so yeah the patriots i love what i see 45 to 0 it is phenomenal but oh shit that's the jets have fired defensive coordinator greg williams that's that that wow that just popped up on the tv holy shit (laughs) well you know there's a live reaction that's what you get when you do all out blitz against henry ruggs that was a stupid fucking idea. I haven't they fired Gase yet. Come on. Okay, well, I'll t- <laughs> I'm sorry. That's hilarious. They literally just fired Greg. <laughs> they literally just fired Greg Williams a day after the Henry Ruggs touchdown. That's fucking funny. 
That is hilarious. Now, obviously, that's not funny for Greg Williams, but from an outsider's perspective, that's kind of funny. Why well, haven't they fired Gase yet? They're so quick to pull the pl- Nah, I digress. Fuck it. Let's just let's let's just move on to the Sunday night game. That was sloppy as hell. I'm sorry for that, but there's a live reaction for you. Let's move on to the Sunday night game. Chiefs Broncos. The Chiefs beat the Broncos 22-16 on Sunday night football. As it was honestly too close. It was too close, and I don't really want to talk about this game in total because I think the Chiefs just had a sloppy game. And it's nothing to worry about one bit. But I would like to say to all the people saying that, why didn't Andy Reid throw the challenge flag? It was obvious Tyreek Hill caught it. No, it wasn't. Just shut the fuck up. Why didn't Tyreek Hill say something? Why did they punt the ball so quickly? Like, dude, even Tyreek Hill didn't know he caught it. Or at least that's what the camera saw. It didn't look like Tyreek Hill even thought he caught it so shut the fuck up i just wanted to say that too like if like you're one of the people that was saying well why didn't they challenge it well what happened no no one knew he caught it even tyreek hill or at least that's what the cameras showed because maybe tyreek hill did say some shit like well damn maybe i caught it i don't know but it was uh, like dude no one thought he caught it like obviously i was very surprised when like the play was called dead, then AJ Boye ripped the ball from Tyreek Hill's arms. Cause I was like, damn, that ball is in his arms? Huh. That was just a very unfortunate situation. And people calling, oh my God, Andy Reid's so stupid because he didn't challenge it. Just shut the fuck up. You guys are weird. Like y'all weird, dude. I even no one I do like no one thought he called it. That's that's I that's just weird. Moving on to one segment of NBA news, and I'll do the outro, then we'll get out of here. So if you don't care about the NBA and James Harden specifically, this is your time to leave. James Harden, yesterday, training camp began yesterday, and James Harden was nowhere to be found. This definitely sparked a social media outrage as people were talking about, oh, James Harden, no, he didn't show up. Ah!" But yeah. It was due to COVID protocols. I know y'all can't see me, but I just did the air quotes. It was apparently due to... It was was allegedly due to COVID protocols. I, I just said fucking allegedly, like he killed someone. But it was due to protocols for COVID. And, um, yeah, he's expected to show up to camp soon. Um, there was a pretty funny thing where John Wall, like during an interview, was like, yeah... I do expect James Harden to come soon. Yeah, then like James Harden, you know, posted like the Instagram story of the emoji. AC making the face that, yeah, bro, I don't think that's going to happen. Do I think James Harden will be traded before the season starts? No. I think the NBA offseason is basically finished up at this point. I do think a month into the season, it's a possibility. But yeah, I don't think James Harden is going anywhere. I do expect him to show up to camp soon. I was pretty surprised that fucking center god PJ Tucker did not show up to camp. That was interesting to me. Like, bro, like you're not James Harden. But I mean, hey, maybe that was due to protocols too. I don't know. <laughs> like, dude, we can't pretend like we know James Harden and PJ Tucker personally. So you know what? Maybe it was. 
that's going to do it for me today. If you enjoyed this podcast, share it with your friends. If not, share it with your friends. It was a bit sloppy this episode. I apologize. I'll tighten it up. But yeah, pretty. it was a pretty good Sunday. I'm expecting some good Monday night games tonight. And um, yeah, I hope you enjoyed and have a good one.